Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen, a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. I first discovered Ashley Ashcraft when she posted a heartfelt message on Facebook. She and her husband had just been told that the baby inside her most likely had Down syndrome. What struck me was the trust and faith she presented and the knowledge that her baby, no matter what happened, was a true gift from God. Her baby was born early and is in the intensive care unit, right where Ashley recorded this interview. Here's Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Thank you, and welcome to the Positively Joy podcast. Hi, Yvette. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, we've been chatting for a while now. You've had a lot go on in your life. But way back in May, I say way back, I'm sure it does feel (laughs) like way back for you. In fact, it was, yeah. In fact, it was May 14th. I saw a Facebook post, a rather long one that you posted along with two photographs. At first there was just one and then you put a second one um, of your baby still in, in your, in your tummy and you, um, you announced something and you called it an unexpected gift. Can you tell us a little bit about what you said in that, in that post? Absolutely. We got a, we found out we were pregnant around Christmas of 2022. And a few weeks after we found out that our daughter who we were pregnant with likely had Down syndrome. And that diagnosis was confirmed by their high risk doctors who found a whole host of um, what they call markers on our ultrasound that she had along with the diagnosis that she also had heart defects and um, they do all kinds of measurements. And so we know that the Lord doesn't do anything on accident and he works everything for our good. And we just believed that this was going to be another community. He was allowing us to invest in and pour into that we never would have otherwise, which makes me kind of sad to say that. Um, But without her diagnosis, I don't know that that's a community we would have connected with. And she has already been such a gift to us, an early gift, because she came at 31 weeks when we were expecting her. And um, she's really, God has really opened our eyes to trusting him in a whole new way than we would have without her. 
So it's so beautiful. Of course, you know, the the birth of a baby is beautiful, but it's so beautiful that you have been able to find some joy in these things. And I, I've heard I've heard three things already. Um, first of all, encouraging us through your post. Mm-hmm. Also, also saying that you have been able to find a new community. Now, let's be honest. Most people would say, I don't want to get in this community. It's not what I wanted. But you are looking at it differently. And you are saying that you have been able to join a community of parents of children with Down syndrome and understand more and get to know them. And then the third thing is what you say on the post uh, about your baby. It's a baby girl, right? Named Finley? Yes. Yes. Finley. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to read just a short paragraph that you shared with us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you say, you say a lot here, but uh, you say, like us, you're likely new to learning about people with Down syndrome. Although I think it says here, oh, one out of 691 people have Down syndrome and may not know how to respond to our news. Please celebrate her life with us. She's a gift from God, and he has good plans for her life. I can't wait to see all the light she'll share with the world. And of course, that reminded me, and I'm not a Bible scholar, so I may get this wrong, but I think it's Jeremiah, where he, where he, the prophet says, I know the plan, or God says, the plans I have for you. Um, that reminded me of that when you said that. And uh, and if I've got that wrong, everyone. I think you're right, Jeremiah 2911. <laughs> I think. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm not yes. A scholar either. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Um, tell us, tell us what you, if you can remember back to May. Tell us because you hadn't had her yet. Tell us what you were feeling when you wrote that. I think I had finally come to a place of acceptance, and I didn't start there. So when the doctor first called us over the phone. Uh, and said we had a, there was a nine out of 10 chance she had Down syndrome. Um, to be honest, I broke down after I got off the phone and I was crying so hard that when I called my husband to tell him the news, I couldn't even speak. And so he was afraid because I he could hear me crying, but I couldn't even get the words out. And it took me a couple weeks to allow God to soften my heart and see what he was doing. I just kind of sat in the fear for a couple weeks. Um and kept going back to the scriptures and just telling him what my fears were. Here's what I'm afraid of, God, but here are your truths and here are your promises. And I was writing those down to recenter myself and recalibrate. And my husband was so faithful. I mean, from the first time he heard it, he just wasn't rocked. He knew that God was giving a gift to our family and she was going to bring us joy. And so I really rested in him while I felt uneasy And then, um, like you mentioned earlier about um, my need for community, I think that's where I really started to find confidence in her diagnosis and what God was beginning, glimpsing what God was beginning to do. Um, As a military spouse, I've learned we've moved 12 times in uh, 15 years. And so it's a lot. It's a lot. And I've I've learned I need community wherever I go. And that's one of the first things I try to start cultivating and plugging into. And so when I got her diagnosis, I knew the same thing. I need community. And thankfully, North Carolina has an amazing community and they plug you in with a mentor family right away if you are open to it. And so we were given a mentor family um, and got to meet their sweet little daughter and um, 
our genetic counselor plugged us in with a community online and friends plugged us in with friends they knew. And so, um, so when I wrote that post, I feel like there was hope, like I was beginning to see what God was doing and became excited for, for the potential of what he would have for us. Mm. And she came early. So that post was written May 14th. What's her birthday? July 1st. July 1st. Okay. So you've been sharing with us about her and, but there's some medical issues right now. So as you have been going first, you know, first you had the discovery of this and then, and I was going to ask you, what did you do? Well, you went to God's word. So good on you. That's exactly what you should have done. Um, But now in this process where there's some medical issues and, 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 at the, and, and you are right now at Ronald McDonald House, I believe, right? Yes, yes. And is she in the NICU? Yes. And the, which is the, the ICU for, for newborns. Tell, it. tell us where you are now and how is the Lord getting you through whatever is happening now? Thank you for asking. I think it's um, a roller coaster of emotions would be appropriate to say. Um, there are moments where I feel really strong. And then there are moments like today I had a, one of our friends from church come visit and I, and the emotions came out. So um, I'm just really relying on him and so thankful for, from posting her uh, about her on social media. We've just had hundreds, if not thousands of people that are praying for her, people I don't even know that are praying for her. And I, find a lot of encouragement there in sharing her story and knowing people are lifting her up and just knowing the possibilities of what God has can do through her. And if he chooses to heal her through miraculous intervention, or if he chooses to heal her through medical intervention, um, or maybe he chooses not to heal her heart. Um, and we have to trust that too. So I'm just, I've got a little, I'm reading through the book of John. I've got the book of John by my, by her little bedside, her isolate, they call it. And I'm staying in that each day and um, praying over her and praying with her and just allowing people to pray alongside her. And um, I think that's where I'm at right now. So at this point, I'd like to remind people, uh, so Positively Joy has a has a 24-hour prayer line. If you go mm-hmm. to the Facebook page, there's a group. Um, although I don't even know that you need to be a member of the group, but um, look for Positively Joy Prayer. And um, and and you can, you can either actually just pray silently. Often we actually write prayers in the chat. So I will put her and her need in the chat. Mm-hmm. And then you, you now you will have other people praying for her as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned her heart. Um, I, I think it's a it's a it's two little holes. Is it a heart defect? Yes, she has two holes in her heart, and um, we had a huge prayer answered just last week. There was a narrowing in her arch that could have required surgery, and that has opened. And we've mm. been asking people to pray for that, and that has opened. And now there is a new area that's developed um, a potential constriction that could require surgery also. So now we're praying that that, that that area of her heart opens up. Okay, good. We will pray for that. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we use that word heart for a lot of, in a lot of um, circumstances. And we say that we have a heart for the Lord. And I know mm-hmm. you do. 
Um, but it can seem frustrating. And I'm sure you have those times like you had it today where it, you are frustrated and you just want her to instantly be healed and come out of that isolate and, you know, you take her home. Um, but, and I know you've been reading John. In general, though, do you have a scripture that you're standing on in this season? So when I became pregnant with Finley, um, I started, we were actually watching The Chosen when I, we were in the middle of watching The Chosen Mm -hmm. and I had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, I'm going to take the pregnancy test now. When I came back from taking the pregnancy test and found it was positive, it was the episode where Mary was saying her song of praise, the Magnificat. Oh my. So I have been praying that every day since I found out I was pregnant with Finley. And so I'm standing on that, that, that she will magnify the Lord. And, um, that's one that I just keep going back to. Um, and that no matter what happens, no matter what God chooses to do with her life, that her life will magnify the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that, and her story will magnify the Lord. Yes. I will make sure and put either a link or maybe I'll just put the whole thing in the show notes so people can, can read along with you. That would be great. You, I mean, you, I don't know you very well, obviously, uh, but you seem to be a very strong woman and you're certainly strong in your faith. And I'd love to know how that came about. Can you tell us a little bit about your faith walk as you, as you grew up and what that was all about? Absolutely. So I grew up in a family that was Catholic, mm-hmm. um, which may work great for many people, but for me, I didn't connect to I didn't have a relationship with Jesus um, growing up in a Catholic family. We didn't open the Bible at home. It was the only exposure I had was at church on Sunday and that was it. And um, by the time I got to high school and I started having hard questions, um, my priest, I went to my priest with it and he told me that the stories in the, the Bible, these are just analogies. They're not real. And that was it for me. I checked out and stopped going to youth group and um, actually ended up moving into like being an agnostic and then an atheist in college. And then I started dating my husband and the way he interacted with me and the way he treated with, treated me, his outlook on the world. So what's different about you and um, learned that it was his relationship with Jesus. And so I became interested and started seeking God and wanting to know, you know, are you real? Is this real? So I ended up going back to the Catholic church to do my confirmation. And I was like, if I go through my confirmation, then I'll believe in Jesus. And (laughs) I went through all the classes, the ceremony, and I was like, I don't feel any different. Um, But my friend had given, my cousin had given me Max Lucado's book, um, John 316, The Numbers of Hope. And it was while I was reading that book that my eyes were opened and I gave my life over to Jesus, and that was when I was 23. So it's been about 15 years of just learning about God, being in the scriptures, getting into Bible study, and really handing my life over to Him. You know, your story um, of growing up Catholic is not an unusual one. There are a lot of people who have had that same experience, me included. I just want to apologize for all Catholics, that this priest told you that these stories are not true. I mean, I don't understand why anyone 
would tell, I mean, there's lots of things you could say. You know, you could say that, you know, the, the Bible was written by men through the inspiration of God. I mean, you can say that, but why would you say the stories aren't true? Because, you know, so, I mean, that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, but many of us, you know, do, I, just like you, I grew up, you know, whole thing. Uh, I even went to Catholic high school and mm-hmm. um, I didn't have that experience though. So I was able to hang on. But um, just like you, I, I eventually met a man who, you know, was very strong in his faith as well. And, um, you know, th- those of us who are blessed enough to, to have uh, husbands who can be strong in their faith, uh, although my husband doesn't always, you know, want to, to say he's the head of the household as far as family. I'm like, yes, you are. You, you know, you're, you're, directing, you're directing this house. That's your role. You're supposed to do that. <laughs> Um, but I was so blessed when we, you know, when we were able to find our partners who can help us like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad that, that he put him in his path, in your path. And we know that that, we know that that was not coincidence because he knew what was going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he knew that you would need this man. And clearly, you know, just like you said, he's, he has not been, I think you said the word was, was rocked. He hasn't been rocked by this Yes. I yeah. even told him, it's okay if you are, you know, <laughs> you yeah. can share your fears with me, but you know, and we, in our relate in our marriage, we go back and forth through different situations that have, have rocked him, but have not rocked me. And, you know, we hold each other up in, in times where we're affected differently. And, and in this one, he just had full confidence in what the Lord was doing from the beginning. And that was a great strength for me. Mm, so beautiful. Um, so um, I know a lot of things is, as things are happening right now, um, you know, you are, you're waiting in faith to see what happens. Um, but yeah. where is home for you? Now you're at the Ronald McDonald's house. Are you in North Carolina or? We are in North Carolina right now. We're about an hour and 20 minutes from our home. We're stationed near it's formerly Fort Bragg. Now it's called Fort Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we, we live near there. Okay. Yeah. Are you able, you're able to go back and forth then, or are you actually staying on? I'm actually staying here. I've been home one time in five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but mostly just staying up here at Ronald McDonald and, um, our kids are traveling back and forth between grandma's house and coming up here to share time with us. That's good. That's good. And you mentioned you had a church member visit you. Yes. So that's awesome. Have you been getting many visitors like that? We've had our youth pastor and his wife come and visit us and our head pastor and his wife and, and a friend from church. And there's actually another family from our church that is also up at the NICU. And so our church family is kind of taking turns visiting them and then coming over to see us. And that's been a real blessing because I previously have not had a, a NICU baby before. And it's it's lonely if you're here um, for a long time. You just you know, in the room by yourself pretty much, or maybe with one other person all day. And, you know, you're not with your family and you're not with your friends. And so it's nice to have visitors. For sure. Tell us a little bit about impatience. You wrote about that recently, how impatience (laughs) can sneak in a little bit. (laughs) It it can. I am a go-getter, want to be in charge, type A, like, here's the plan. There's a lot of the things we have to do to accomplish the goal. And I'm not in control here and I can't do any of those things. And I just have to wait on the Lord's timing and I have to wait on the medical team 
And they tell us in the NICU, it's two steps forward, one step back. And she's been doing so well and off her oxygen for about two weeks now. But today she, what they call desatting, um, she was desatting all day. Her oxygen kept dropping and there had probably six different uh, medical personnel in there trying to figure out the next plan for her. Does she go back on oxygen? And meanwhile, I just want to get out and get her home and, I want her to meet our other three kids because they're not allowed to have any other kids in the NICU. So our kids haven't even met their sister yet. And that's causing a lot of strife and emotions around our, for our kids. And, but there's nothing I can do other than pray and be present and invest in, in the people around that God's putting me right now. Absolutely. You're a military wife, you're a military mom. Yes. Does that come with both, you know, both the benefits of dealing with this situation or maybe not the benefit? I mean, I imagine maybe the impatience a little bit <laughs> comes from perhaps being a military mom and a military wife and getting stuff done. But are there things that you can draw on from that? Yes, I think part of the reason God made me a military wife is to teach me that I'm not in control. Um, because, you know, we get orders and we go where we're sent and I don't have a say in that. Um, they, they don't care what I want. And, um, and they're, you know, it's all on their timing. And I know it's, it's really the Lord's timing. Um, he says he determines our boundaries, but sometimes it feels like the army is. And yes, so I've learned that I have to give up that control. And so that has helped me a lot to just, my tendency is to, to want to control, but um, I've learned over the years to submit that to the Lord. Hmm. So you have a book that you have just finished, sent to the to your manuscript to the publisher. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I the book um, is called Mission Ready Marriage, and it is for military wives, and it is to equip them to have thriving military marriages, which I believe and have found in my marriage comes from modeling Jesus. So each chapter is how we can model Jesus in a certain aspect of military marriage. So what does it look like to model Jesus um, with combat trauma um, or military trauma? A lot of our husbands struggle with that. Or what does it look like to model Jesus in our military marriages with our finances that can be very straining in the military community with all our moves and um, or what does it look like to parent when you're solo parenting? How do we model Jesus um, with that load on us when our husbands are deployed or in the field training? And so I pray that it will be, it will really help strengthen our military marriages, which are not doing great right now. Mm. Will Finley be in this book or do you think you'll have another book to write about Finley? I'm already working on another book about Finley right now, um, <laughs> but she she does open my parenting chapter on trusting God. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, we are going to pray for her and for you, for the whole family, really. And, um, you know, I just pray that everything that he's giving you now, it, it's it's all intentional. There was no mistake or surprise here. We know that. Yes. But that he will continue to do this and to keep your heart open and hang in there. Thank you. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. All right. Well, you take care. Thank you so much you for Thank being you, here. Dad. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. 
Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing. The joy of knowing.